This is Lori Koppelman. Thank you for joining us for the sixth episode of the Clutter Chronicles podcast, One Woman's Journey Through Stuff. Last time, Mary told us when she was ready to admit that she was a hoarder. Yikes, that is no small matter. In today's conversation, we learn about Mary's epiphany question. Does buying things prove that she exists? Hey, Mary. Hello. Lori and Mary back. We're having another conversation about uh, the confessions of a recovering hoarder, I think is our working title. And it's been a few days since we've chatted. I am curious what has transpired since you shared some of the history of your um, unique relationship with stuff or interesting relationship with stuff. What's What's been going on? Um, well, uh I I found a a shop that wants my vintage stuff, I think, and I um, called them last week. Actually, I emailed them and then talked to them. Not that that matters, but I guess it does because there there was a time when I probably wouldn't have made the reach. I wouldn't have reached out to ask and um, made the appointment, and it's this Friday, and... The significance of this is I've always bought the stuff to resell, yet I wouldn't let it go. And in order to sell it, you need to need to let it go. You need to sell it. (laughs) Funny how that works. Right, it is. It is. And a lot of the barriers for me um, came down to greed and envy. I think we talked about this last time. And trying to milk each item for what I thought it was worth. Yet, I didn't want to rip people off. So it wasn't like I was trying to do like some kind of swindle, but I didn't want to get swindled. Right. And in this business, when you're reselling to someone who's going to sell it themselves, you're obviously not going to get top dollar. And at some point during this journey, I had to come to terms with that and realize that if I continue this high expectation of getting the top dollar for everything, it's never going to leave. And I need to start radically changing my approach. So um, I have been finding people throughout the Twin Cities who want my stuff. And when I go with the attitude of, if they make a million dollars off my stuff, then good for them. Mm-hmm. It's it's got has to come to that. And if I can come out with a check for like one hundred and twenty five dollars and my car's empty, that's a million dollars. Oh wow! <laughs> so it's been this journey of um, sharing my wealth, kind of thing. Like if. If I have good stuff, it it's wasted sitting in my house. And these people have the route to, se- to sell it, and I no longer do. And it sounds like you've changed your definition of what... Uh, hmm, I don't know what the word is, but what wealth is, maybe. And for you right now, maybe wealth is space. Right. Whereas before it was... Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that isn't that interesting? And I um 
I've always had this anxiety about it, and my tricks to get past these barriers were things like I'd take pictures or I would write down a list. It started out with lists, of course, but now that you can shoot a picture quickly with your phone, that was so much easier. And a lot of that had to do with, um, see, I had that. See, mm. that was cool. I used to own that. I mean, in my subconscious, I think that's what it was about. And then the other half of it was sadness to let it go, right? Do you think that was like a selfie? Yeah. <laughs> it seems like there's been a really strong connection between you and your stuff. Yeah. I was thinking about your comment about your husband and your friend saying, Mary, what's more important, your stuff or your husband? But it isn't stuff to you. It no, is right. really deeply, deeply personal. Right. So I just got this image <laughs> of your stuff being kind of like how people take right. a lot of selfies. It definitely is. And um, if I would have had this ability 10, 15 years ago to take pictures so freely, it would have been more so because I was more attached Mm-hmm. Because then I probably was taking pictures and not letting it go, you know. So it's yeah, it's that's brilliant. That's totally. It's like me and my favorite sweater. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because um, I talked about that estate sale that I had that I wasn't prepared for. And the biggest, like if you say, what is the worst thing that could happen? It's having one of your top treasures walk out the door and I, I experienced it and look I'm alive and it was kind of like a, a lesson like in the back of my subconscious nothing that you own Mary will kill you if you lose it like it's just stuff it's not going with you when you die but I think I'd have a different reaction if it was like a picture of my mom and it was the only one I had you know, of course, there is a hierarchy. Sure. But for a while, there wasn't a hierarchy. I mean, there was, but if someone came and started taking stuff out of my house, I'd probably just die of a heart attack. So it, it's like it's a, it's a being. Do you mean you would have had physical um, heart? Oh, my gosh, I would have. Palpitation. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would have had a. Because we can kind of use that phrase sometimes. Yes, I'm sorry. Well, no, nothing to be sorry about. I'm just curious yeah. how strongly you I, I would have that. had panic. And what's interesting okay. is I experienced panic attacks. And it, it, at the time, I didn't... Okay, I knew my... It was it was in the midst of me having the, 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 the most stuff at the time, like at my peak. And I had the stuff at my friend's house and at my boyfriend's garage and in my house, in my dad's house. And I knew my dad was soon going to be selling his house, which meant more stuff. Because what we're going to do with all the stuff that's there. And so on one hand, yes, that was on my mind at all times. But in order to make it through the day, you have to squelch that. So it might be in there somewhere, Mm -hmm. but I don't get up and go, oh, I have anxiety over all my crap. Because if I knew it, how could I function? Right. But it started coming out <clears throat> in, in in these panic attacks. Like, uh, for some reason I'm having a deja vu. I swear I've told you this before, but maybe I haven't. 
I would have such bad panic attacks that I would cry all day uncontrollably and I had things to do. So I would just do the things I needed to do while crying and one of them is I had to call and make a car payment. And I called this poor guy and I'm bawling. I'm like, it's the end of the world. And I said to him, please excuse my crying, but I need to get this paid. Wow. <laughs> but what's it, the reason why I bring that up is it seemed like it was out of left field. It seemed like, why do I have these panic attacks? Well, now I look back, that was like my, my body protesting. I can't hold this in right. anymore. So the coming out sideways, right? Kind of thing, right. It's going to come out. You don't know what what's the problem, but some you're reacting. Right. right, right. I mean, if someone said, "Oh, you're under a lot of stress, and these are all the things," yeah, that makes sense. But it just just seemed really out of left field. So yesterday, I had an epiphany that, and I've had a conversation similar to this on the other end of it with my therapist and what's interesting is when you're when you're in a conversation with your therapist it's more like the stories are important but it's more like let's deal with the feelings and and that's where you heal you're you're focusing on the feelings so when I'm talking to you I get to tell the stories the stories I never got to tell her okay and um we had talked about an item okay so the story is um, this happened just recently. I had a cute little reusable bag that I got at Target. It was probably during one of those, uh, you know, uh, Earth Day giveaways. Sure. And it, of course, I loved it because things fit in it perfectly, and I like that. Yes, you do. And I was bringing some books to my friend's store. She wanted me to give them to her so she could hand them out, and they happened to fit in this bag perfectly. I was so excited. So I bring it in. I give her the, the stuff and I set the bag aside and I set it with my purse. Well, this is a resale shop and it got mixed up and we surmised that what happened is someone bought something and walked off with their items in my bag. Hmm. Perfectly innocent, really not a big deal. But the reason the story came up is my therapist was asking, you know, what happens to you when you lose something or when something's taken away. And I, I use that as an example because it just happened. And I, I literally felt myself falling apart. As much progress as I made, it was as, I was as if I was back to square one. And I was saying to myself, you idiot. You should have been more careful. Why would If it's something you care about, why would you set it there? Um, let's go back and maybe it's still there. Then it evolves to... What did it really look like? Do you, did you ever take a picture of it? Could you Google it and see if it exists? Mm. To then evolve, and this is just in my head, did I ever really own it? And what ultimately that meant was, do I exist? Huh. <laughs> wow, you're so aware of what goes on in your mind. I'm really impressed. I do a lot of a lot of thinking, but what's interesting is that coincides with me buying clothing to prove my worth. Mm-hmm. And 
So it's an external part of myself. If I'm wearing my favorite sweater that proves my worth, it's as, about, it's, it's as much about me as I am. So what I was getting ready for for this Friday, which is tomorrow, is clothing. I'm, I'm letting go of clothing. And I go in cycles where I can do it and others when I can't. And I'm in a big cycle right now where I'm able to do it. It comes in waves. Mm-hmm. And I pinpointed this specific day to do this appointment because it's my mom's birthday. Mm. And I thought she'd be helping me with this. Mm -hmm. And it has been a whirlwind. So while I was going through all these these things, and I'm like, that can go, that can go, that can go, that can go, whatever. And whatever they can't take, it's going to Goodwill. I can't recycle it in my house. It hit me that... Um, if if each item I owned is what validated my existence and my worth, then each item that left was a chip away at me. And that as I've been healing, I'm realizing the ridiculousness of that. And I'm actually not even like tuned into it as much which was what used to clamor at me when I would go after these clothing. And I don't have the clamor. Mm-hmm. So this is, how you, this is how you react when you're making a conscious decision from point A to point B. Do I like this? Do I wear this? If the, if the answer is no, then you know the answer. But previously it would be, what does this mean about me? Right. That is a huge leap. Yeah, it is. And it, it it hit me yesterday so hard. And, it, of course, I can't really describe it as well as it hit. It was kind of like a light bulb that came on, and I thought, why is this so easy for me today? Why, why am I ready to let this go? And it's not just because I've been hounded or I've analyzed it or whatever. It's because something internally has changed. Mm-hmm. So, And do you know what? That is? Well, um, I think, and, and I hate to say this because I want to preface the fact that I had a very loving family. This is not about that. But I never felt lovable. And um, in 2013, I had an experience that... Um, changed my life and I call it I got zapped by the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. and what's happened since basically um, allowing myself to be loved by God is the healing has come Mm. Hmm. that's great yeah that's that's (laughs) I say huge way too much. It's huge, it's huge. Yeah, I don't want to say that, but that is that is a. It sounds like a major life switch oh, for you. Yeah, zapped. Yeah, and the only word for it is zapped because I was clueless um, about what I was being called for and to do. And um, prior to that, it was it was all coming through the channel of. Of puffing up, mm-hmm. you know what? What makes me great? 
what makes me valuable, what makes me lovable. And when I realize it's not about me, mm-hmm. which is ironic because what is my struggle is trying to figure out if I'm lovable, mm-hmm. yet you put the focus on others and it affects how you feel. I, I, it's mm-hmm. just bizarre. Mm-hmm. So that was a couple years ago. Yep. And that's been a big part of your healing. Yep. That yep. you've realized you're lovable. Yeah. <laughs> regardless of what you own. Right. Right. And you know, there's this, you know, of course on one level, if someone was saying, Mary, you're worthless, I would have said, I would have stood up for myself. Right. So it's not that. Mm-hmm. It's just this deep, I think it really comes from that childhood apology for being so sad. And when we got to that point, and we, it's almost like all you need to do is touch it. When we got to that point, we touched it, and it just went whoosh. And that shatter of that skewed look on life, once that's taken away, there's like a domino effect in your heart. It just everything just starts to kind of go, well, let's take up that space in a better way. Mm-hmm. Or, I, I don't know how to mm-hmm. explain it, but it's kind of like a thorn was removed. Right. <laughs> a big, big, jagged-edged something that was irritating. And you've just been living with it and yeah. just working around it right. and clothing it. And right, exactly. Adapting it. to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is me. This right. is the way it should always be. Right. Never question it. So you said you had an epiphany yesterday. Mm-hmm. What was the epiphany yesterday? Well, it's not coming out very well, but the epiphany is... This is like the first huge stab I've had at my clothing since this most recent aha moment with my therapist in the healing about the bag. Okay. And when was that? Just That was probably this summer, probably in July and it's a few months so, ago. Yeah, so a few, few months, months ago, ago you and your therapist had that right. epiphany. And and I was realizing that since I don't operate under the under the guise of clothing is who I am, it doesn't have the pull on me anymore. And this has been your first effort to get rid of stuff yep. since then? Yeah, well... Or clothes. With clothes. Okay. And I've known it was coming, and I've been um, kind of tiptoeing around it and knowing I have to deal with it. And what I do when I do that is I just reorganize. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. It's really stupid. So um, what I did is I took these big... Uh, it's phenomenal when I talk about this many clothing, but I took these big racks and I put them downstairs with the rest of my clothing, which is actually a bedroom that's turned into a closet. And I put everything on racks just so I could have some order. I had, I had cleaned out and whenever you um, sell or give away stuff, it disrupts things. So I had reordered it and then I kind of shut the room and walked away and I, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it anymore. So I've been wearing the same clothing over and over again because I don't want to go down there. Mm-hmm. But when I made this appointment, I knew I don't, want to, I don't want to show up with nothing. I need the money, which is a big, you know, pull. Even if I'm making $10, it's money. And um, I, I need this done. So I had all these, you know, perfect storm situations to make me do it, but I hadn't tried it 
in this new light. So then I, um, I started with saying, hmm, what am I going to start with? I have it kind of in mind, whatever I could start with would, would be easy, but where would be hard to start? And that's where I should start. So I went to this closet that has all my favorite coats and jackets in. Taking no it. prisoners, Mary. <laughs> Starting with the hardest. And I tried everyone. I have to try everything on. It was just still my problem. But I tried them all on. And I kind of got excited because I was like, I think she's going to like this stuff. And you know what? If she doesn't, they're going. This is it. I can't find, I can't find another person that's going to want this. I've been through multiple people. And this is a person that sells from the 1920s to the 1990s. So she's she's got my interest in all mm-hmm. the, I love all all um, years. So um but in the past it would be I don't know what this person deserves this jacket. It's too cool. And in actuality, I'm so excited about it. Like, there's two that I've never, ever thought I'd ever part with. I'm like, I cannot wait to give those to her. If she gives me $2 for them, I don't care. They're vintage from the Oval Room. I mean, they're really cool. But I will never, I have never worn them. You've never worn them? No. <laughs> you haven't needed to, no. I guess, because you've no. owned them, and that's the right. same. Right. As good as, right? Right. Well, they, the, the, Joke of, okay, so people would say, if you haven't worn it in a year, get rid of it. And my joke would be, I haven't found it in a year. (laughs) (laughs) So that doesn't work for me. Uh But here's the cool thing. This is not the epiphany. I'll have to work on explaining that because I need to to think about it some more because it's not coming out right. But it was an epiphany to me. Um, In doing this, I was so excited because I had in the back of my mind, my husband used to wear suits. Just last year or so, he wore suits. So it's not like he's had them forever. So we're not sure what to do with them, but he doesn't need them now. And I've had it in my mind, we can take his suits and put them in this closet in the spare bedroom, which would be more suited for it if I get rid of all these coats. And I was like, you can wait. You can wait. No, I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. So I pulled these coats, threw them on the floor, because I'm all excited they're going to go. And then I fixed his suits up, put them in, like, little uh, covers, and put them in that that closet. And what that did is it opened up half the closet where I can put clothes in. I have not used our closet since I've moved in because I've had too many clothes. So what I... Use it for, like, your normal... My normal daily wear. Okay. And what I've always wanted in the back of my mind was the key items I'm wearing for the season are there. And everything else is suspect. I'm either going to, you know, figure out how I'm going to wear it or I'm going to get rid of it. And so that... I know it's a crazy thought, but I would love to just have half the closet and that's all I need. Mm -hmm. So... I started it, mm-hmm. and I I just couldn't believe it. I was like, wow. And and part of the reason why I had to do that is I had to take stuff off the racks downstairs. I filled two racks, and I counted one rack. I had 100 items on one, so about 200 items that are ready to go. Wow. That's crazy. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> wow. So when I talked to you last, I had no idea how how successful I'd be at, at pulling things together. And I, I had given myself permission to bring them 10 items. <laughs> <laughs> so 
You had set your sights pretty low right. at one point, right. and then yesterday you go in with, I'm doing the hardest thing first. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that epiphany, <laughs> however you just define it, doesn't matter. Right, right. <laughs> it's showing up. Right. I guess the epiphany is you take away the fact that these clothing, if you don't put so much pressure on this clothing, this clothing is not what makes or breaks me. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you take that equation out, what power do they have for me? They really don't, even yeah. when they're cute. See, now, of course, when they're super, super amazing, it's harder. But then when that generosity comes, you know, well, someone else can wear it. I mean, it's just all these little ways mm-hmm. to kind of circumvent that hold they have. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Good work. Thanks. You're smiling big. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Ah, uh, so you've, you've got 200 items? Yep. Ready to go. Ready to go. I would bring more, but I think I'll overload her. <laughs> I think I already have, mm-hmm. but I have belts and and other accessories I should go through. But I figure, quit while I'm ahead. This I'll get the stuff ready, bring it to her, um, see how she responds, and then make another appointment. Right. Yeah. This is a continuing relationship. Yep. yep. Perhaps. Right. Right. Yeah. Hopefully. Step one. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Nice. Oh, that's that's great. I sense more to come. Much, mm. much more to come. Let's hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's a great place to end our conversation today. Thank you. What a difference a couple days makes. Yeah. Well, and it's been a long time in coming, too. Right. Right? Well, I was hoping it was coming. You just never know. You don't know if it's a pipe dream or... Right? It's really happening. It's really happening. Yeah. Yay. And that ends today's Chronicle. This conversation brought a lot of clarity for me. Some people are not able to make conscious decisions about whether they like something or not, but buy and keep things to show that they exist. Wow. No wonder this can be so hard. Many thanks go out to our music composer and magical engineer, Michael Koppelman. You can find more of his music and other things on his website, lowlife.com, L-O-L-I-F-E.com. Thank you for supporting this work of ours. And if you think it would be helpful to others, spread the word. You can send us your questions or comments here on our Clutter Chronicles Patreon site or on Twitter at ClutterCron. Come back again to find out what happens next on Clutter Chronicles.